Welcome to Soul Chat, the conversation with your soul. I am your host, Ebony Titora from Queens Recognize Queens. It is my passion and my purpose to express not only my fullest potential, but to give you some powerful tools that allow you to step into the queen that you are. With Sunday Soul Chat, I look forward to weekly taking you on a journey of deeper thought and conversation by bringing you thought-provoking conversations that require you to look a little deeper than the surface. I will bring you powerful people who can share powerful tools to assist you in unleashing your fullest potential as queen. Hey, you guys, this is Ebony. Thank you so much for tuning in to Soul Chat with Queens Recognize Queens. I'm so excited to have you guys here with my very, very, very special guest and friend, Whitney McNulty. Um, I'm going to read to you her bio. You guys know I do it all the time, although I hope you are aware that, you know, bios are just for print (laughs) and we are so much more than our bios. And, you know, I always ask the guests, who are they? Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning into Soul Chat. This is just an amazing discussion that we're going to have today with a little bit of a focus on self-love and depression um, because so many of us really don't have the opportunity to sit in spaces where we're able to talk about depression yeah. um, or self-love and just even understand what that self-love journey looks like and what we should be doing. It's a new movement. It's something that I'm extremely passionate about because I've had to do it myself. I've had to heal myself. I've had to mm-hmm. go through um, and learn and take myself to new levels. And I'm happy to do that with you today with my special guest. So let me just let you know a little bit about my friend, Whitney McNulty. She is an author, an empowerment speaker, a freedom coach, and mental health advocate on a mission to help you kickstart your dreams, activate your power, and live boldly in your purpose now. She specializes in workshop facilitation, mastering freedom in mind, body, and soul, and is known for fiercely pulling men and women out of their comfort zones. Her book of poetry, Awakenings, is more than just a literary work. It is a call to action. Awakenings dares you to look beyond your own perception of darkness in order to live a healthier, more abundant life. By sharing her story, she hopes to encourage others to actively seek self-acceptance, tend to their spiritual needs, and choose not to just exist, but to thrive. Whitney is currently a dual youth ministry leader, holding a master's in general experimental psychology, um, and is also the founder of Worship with Wit, liturgical dance class in New York City. Now she's not in New York City. She's in North Carolina. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) um, And she's the creative director and editor-in-chief for Mindfully Motivate. And um, I'm just so honored to have you here. So the first thing that I always ask each guest is, who are you? Because I know bios are just for print. (laughs) Like me, your bio changes as you change and you do different things and you explain Mm -hmm. who you are. Um, But who are you in your own words? Hmm. I am free. (laughs) And that's, first of all, I love that question, which is why I'm laughing because this is, (laughs) it's a question, it's one of, usually one of my first questions when I, (laughs) 
<laughs> when I speak to somebody. Um, and literally when I do my reawakening workshop, which I'm going to have to start doing again soon, um, that's, that's the question I asked too. But yeah, um, I'm a lot of things, but right now I'm free. I'm a healer. Um, I'm a child of God. I am passionate about being my most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way I can help others heal is by being committed to my own healing. Um, so yeah, there is, and I'm a dancer and I'm excited. And I remember a time where literally somebody who I was very close to at the time had told me, and this was while I was like in, still in a pretty deep level of depression. But I remember I had done a workshop and I had taught like ballet and I was like super excited because this was just this big breakthrough for me for a lot of reasons. Um, but I was really excited about it. And she told me, she was like, well, you need to calm down. You're a little too excited. And that was just so crazy to me. Cause I'm like, man, you know, you're somebody who know how depressed I've been, you know, how or at least you have an idea of how much of a struggle it's been so it's interesting that you tell me that i'm too excited yeah and i think that was one of the turning points for me because i realized i'm like no like this is a good thing you know i should be excited and so i feel like it's a phrase that i use a lot and i think it helps <laughs> i think yeah. it helps no i love it it does it does and honestly just you know being someone who's aware of the things we write, the things we say, mm -hmm. any form of expression is yeah. magic. We don't, mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't say that lightly. And I think if you want to take that left and think of Satanism, that's up to you. But really everything that we say, think, write, um, is affecting, it's, it's affecting our reality and it's magic. So to say I'm excited or I'm great, my family members yeah. laugh at me because they knew I was in this predicament that was just very mm -hmm. challenging. And mm -hmm. every time they would talk to me, you know, Ed, how you doing? I'm great. I'm just great. I'm amazing. <laughs> you know, my aunt would always laugh because that was my response every single mm -hmm. time. <laughs> and she knew where I was at, you know, she knew what I was going through, but it really helps to manifest being feeling great, getting to the yeah. point where you, you can feel great because mm -hmm. you're putting it out there opposed to um getting in the complaining mode. So I love mm -hmm. that you brought that up. Keep saying excited. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited for you. Thank <laughs> you. And I mean, and that's even that, that's something it's funny because as much as I've been saying I'm excited, I've been having some like real and we were talking about this earlier about all the the love and support that I have now as opposed to what I'm so used to but to have people in my life to who now literally say that to me all the time like I'm so excited for you mm -hmm. it's just been it's it's such a good feeling yeah. you know because I say that to my friends and, and loved ones all the time like how excited I am for for them and it's so genuine but it's it's such a renewing and healing thing to hear it back and to know that it's so genuine and I think when we have that shared excitement amongst each other that's like what helps us grow and 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 push towards an even higher absolutely collectively 
Yeah. Collectively. And I love, and then we'll get into questions because I have a couple questions for you, but I love <laughs> that you brought up the person who said like, you need to relax. You need to mm -hmm. because collectively we are all sometimes operating in depression, right? We are mm -hmm. all operating in low vibes. We are all equally operating. I mean, if you look, if you see where I live and I know you lived in um, Connecticut, was it? Mm -mm. I lived Yonkers. in mm -hmm. Yonkers. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yonkers to me is kind of like Connecticut a little bit. This is, this goes <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like upstate too, where I remember a friend that I had met just living out here. She was like, you know, it's kind of like this area is like a functioning depression. Like everybody kind of walks around like really zombie-like and like, you know, the level of interaction is always like hey let's go drink or even the fundraisers you know yeah. i was looking at a local yeah. fundraiser where it's like it's like local celebrities bartending to raise money <sighs> folks you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> we can totally get together on better accords to raise money other than from an alcoholic perspective you know what i'm saying not doubting it and not judging it in any way however alcohol does alter the brain we do things to alter our state so that we feel excited, so that we feel mm -hmm. happy, right? And we all do it. There's no judgment there. People use alcohol, people use cough syrup, people use, uh, you know, sex. Sex. <laughs> like, right? There's so many different things shopping, you mm -hmm. know, there's so many coping Ooh. mechanisms. Yeah, exactly. So, Ooh. self love, when we get into self love and just being so aware of who we are and becoming aware of who we are and becoming aware that we're depressed, yeah, putting a label on it and taking accountability for it. Or, I'm sure her saying that to you was probably just like even your own awakening of like, um, I'm happy though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No, like and but but you know what? I'm I'm grateful for that right yes. now because I think it really like it's it's been something that's been happening when was that? That was probably in like 2014 or something, which is crazy now to even think of. Um, but I'm really happy about that because it made me um it made me uh, like claim my state. It made yeah. me like think about it and not because again, I was used to being manipulated a lot and drained and taken from, but it made me claim like, no, I'm excited. And this is a good thing. And I'm not going to let you take that from me. And I'm, I'm going to like, this is my normal right now. Yeah. You know, everything else, I'm not used to feeling this way all the time, but right now this is how I feel. And I deserve to feel excited. Yeah. I'm proud of myself for accomplishing something that I was once afraid of or, or, or that I once thought I couldn't do, you know, and I feel good about having just experienced something that I can finally say I am excited about, Absolutely. you know, so I'm, I'm actually really grateful for that moment yeah. right now because it made me start taking note of, of what words, what other people's words I was letting like rest in my soul. Yes. you know and and even today I was reflecting about it how I'm so used to people telling me I'm I'm too much you know or I'm I'm too extra or I'm too this or I'm too holy or I'm too pure or I'm too dramatic or I'm too emotional when it made like so I finally started sitting down and thinking like am I too much of those things or are you just not used to enough of it 
you know and is that a bad thing if I am if I am emotional and like that's something that I had to reclaim for myself too because growing up I wasn't somebody who cried much you know um until my dad passed I didn't I, I wasn't really somebody who cried that much you know and then after that it felt like anything could be triggering and you know I'd be crying all the time or at at um inconvenient times you know but now it's something that I'm excited to say like when people talk to me and and you know somebody calls me emotional I'm like thank you I am you know what because joy happiness is an emotion and I think that there's a lot of people who unfortunately haven't been able to experience the fullness of joy you know or the the fullness of happiness or you know even just just you know the fullness of of their emotions and even when it comes to sadness because if you don't know how to fully tap into your emotions you don't know how to work through them you know and how to release the ones that you don't need anymore right now you know and in the same way you don't know how to fully take in like that moment of excitement or of joy or or whatever it is that you're feeling you know and and even when it comes to crying or something that's something that I think we a lot of people just make it seem like it's just this terrible thing like oh my god why would you allow yourself to to be so weak and cry but yeah. I mean, girl, sometimes you just need a good cry. And I remember, I forgot who I would hear say it all the time, like crying doesn't solve anything. But you know what? Sometimes that release, you just need the release so that you can be clear enough to actually solve whatever problem, Absolutely. you know, you need to deal with. Yeah. And that's conditioning. You know, when you get into mm-hmm. psychology and you both, you know, just being aware. And that's why I love psychology, because yeah. for me, learning about it at the age of 15 was a tool for me to understand what was happening around me it was Mm -hmm. a tool for me to understand myself it was a tool for me to understand how my mind works because I figured okay well if I understand how my clock ticks Mm-hmm. I can make it tick opposed to yeah. you know, being a victim of my circumstances or for people, you know, condition to be conditioned as a society. We're conditioned to your right to so many of us through our experiences, whether that's through poverty, whether that's through lack, whether that's through, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever circumstance, we don't know joy. We don't know happiness. Mm-hmm. So those become the unknown things. Mm-hmm. And we, don't know how to process the other emotions or we get used to them as like a state of being and that's just the Mm -hmm. way that we are Mm -hmm. right projection you're talking about projection so my love that these these conversations are really coming to the forefront and being normalized because projections of someone saying you're too much is aka them speaking to themselves saying i'm not enough so when you show up fully you make me feel uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. i don't even know how to be that i don't even know Mm -hmm. how to cry some people like crying right we as babies that's the first thing we do Mm -hmm. right and energetically we all you know why does god give us tears tears are made of water water is cleansing you should drink it you should wash your behind with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) wash the car with it you should take make sure you're washing your car and taking care of your car you know water is a cleansing force so Mm -hmm. why would we then shut out tears as if they're not 
they're not strengthening or they don't release it. Let it go. If you feel like crying because your piece of cake fell on the floor that you really wanted. (laughs) I just think about this like, like, no, no, me too. No, I'm not even kidding. Me too. I cried when I got my hair done one time and went outside and it was like way too windy. I remember that moment as a teen and I had to like regroup myself. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) Luckily I had brothers used to just look at me like, you're bugging, right? <laughs> Instead of a sister who's like, oh my God, girl, it's just too windy for us. <laughs> but, you know, just realistically, you're so right. And I think this is such an important discussion. And I love that we're able to have this because mm-hmm. we have to talk about it so that people can put their finger on it and say, yeah. yes, you are right. And I have been depressed and mm-hmm. I have been a negative Nancy and I get uncomfortable around people that are happy right? And questioning it and not feeling um, threatened and feeling like, wow, like, what can I do to be there too? What can I do to get myself there? You know? And I really, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, um, I had a moment, it was a few months ago, my friend Mal came to New York, and we were at an event. And I remember like, it almost felt like an outer body experience where it's like you see yourself existing in that moment. And like we, yeah. when are we, we always just like dancing or laughing whenever we're together. And I was, we, there was just music and like the event was mostly over. So we're just dancing and just having this good all time. And I remember thinking like, I remember a time where I used to see people at events just being themselves so openly like that and wish that I could do that because I felt like that's who I am but it it felt like nobody saw that and so I don't even know what made me just start thinking (laughs) but us finding our happy us finding happy and wanting to be that yeah and then and then so it really made me start thinking like what we were slightly talking about this earlier like but what do what did I used to do and this is one thing that really started, like, when I was in, like, the depths of my depression, I was like, no, something has to change. Like, what is going to pull me out of this? And I started thinking, okay, what did I used to do when I was younger that made me happy? Or what made me happy? Or what makes me happy? And just listing all of the things. And I know we talked about this, I think, last time we chatted. Um, just listing all of the things that made me happy, whether it was, like, just sitting outside in nature or or eating pickles or dancing and like just writing down all those things and then after in this long list however many things thinking okay so how much of that am I not doing right now right (laughs) and and what am I not being intentional about doing and so it's just it's been really interesting just seeing my own journey and seeing like somewhere in between this span of these years of doing the work like you were saying earlier um I've become the person who I always knew that I was you know and I think it's so important that we like um start taking note of of what's really going on with us and really being um I guess daring enough to to ask ourselves these questions like okay am I am I happy (laughs) if not why am I not happy when was I last happy you know and 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 being able to to dig into that rather than like I should be happy you know because then that's just putting a lot of pressure and you end up feeling guilt and shame about who you're not when you really are that person deep down underneath all of the things that 
that happened to you that you didn't deal with, you know, or all the things that people said to you that you didn't uncover and decide whether they were even true or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I don't know, that just, it just made yeah. me think about that. Accountability. And that's, that's kind of, you know, like being able to ask yourself those questions that, that yields your wisdom, yeah. judgment that yields you being able to um, make empowered decisions opposed to say, well, I should be happy, but my husband's not doing what he's supposed to do as a husband. Or mm-hmm. I should be happy, but my kids just don't listen. I mm-hmm. just, you just don't take accountability. And yeah. books that I love that kind of talks about this. And they get, he gets a little so in depth with it with like graphs and stuff that he just loses me. But it is a really great book. And it's, <laughs> it's a book I'll probably be reading for the next couple of years because I have to take it in doses, just like a, a Course in Miracles. It's just one of those books you just got to take in small doses and then apply, right? Hey, look at that. <laughs> um, but it's the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Mm-hmm. To looking at situations, um, you know, you have to take radical responsibility and really ask yourself better questions. Yeah. You take accountability and you ask yourself better questions, you start finding solutions opposed to more problems yeah. and more mm-hmm. people and places and things Absolutely. to point your finger at. So, I mean, that's powerful. And I think for both of you being people who love to talk about self-care and healing, um, you know, it's just, I think we, as a culture and as a society, we don't recognize that the steps to get to where we want to go are so simple. Pen, mm-hmm. like I said, we've both talked about this, how you were just yeah. a pen, paper, your mind, and really just habit creation, right? Mm-hmm. Habit creation of, I'm going to try to do this every day. If it, if it means that it drives me crazy, if it means that I have to push through, if it means that, you know, um, I have to start over and move across the country. If it means that I have yeah. that relationship, if it means it's just a tool of self-awareness that says I deserve to be happy, right? Just mm-hmm. like you talked about before getting on here. And I, t- I'm telling you guys, I, I need to record these conversations ahead of this time because every, <laughs> before I get on every podcast, we have the dopest conversations and then we come into the podcast. Yeah. We'll have a dope conversation, but I've got to be able to just figure out how to, maybe it'll be a pre-promo of like what's to come in the podcast. But, um, you know, it's just so important that we have these conversations and understand how simple it is and that we all have the necessary tools to change our circumstances. And I want to get into depression um, Mm. because I know it's that taboo world and just, um, being aware of psychology, being aware of where, um, you know, just mental asylums were 50 years ago and how they treated people that were mm-hmm. crazy. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but if a woman was like depressed, she would go to the doctor and he would give her an orgasm. Really? Wow. Really, right? (laughs) Doc, right? You know, so there's all these different things that society, you know, society or societal thought patterns that we don't even recognize where we've been. We don't recognize where we've been that that puts Mm -hmm. us in a state of self-love being this huge topic, healing, this huge topic, Um, you know, journaling being this huge booming industry because we're now discovering that the tools are very simple and that um depression is real Mm -hmm. you know and that you know people are 
killing themselves. People are um, creating poor coping mechanisms. And if we think about the saying as above, so below, uh, so within, so without, right? We, mm -hmm. it's, it's just that simple, or was it the, the Gandhi quote, uh, be the change you wish to see in the world, really internalizing the experience of happiness, really internalizing yeah. the experience of calm over chaos. Because mm -hmm. we see the chaos on the outside and we get so enraged by the things that make us unhappy that we see in the world, which we're entitled to that. But then we have to just go within and say, how can I show more love? How can I show yeah. more how can I show more calm? How can I, how can I contribute to this energetic thing that's happening in the world from mm -hmm. a standpoint of love and from a standpoint of light and from a standpoint of giving something positive to the world? And we all know smiling at someone, like there's simple things we do on a day-to-day -day basis or that people do for us. Like you talked about asking for help, mm -hmm. with asking for help when we recognize how many people will actually show up for us and we let go of the ego and the shame and the guilt. Mm-hmm that's something that will bring you to tears because you've rejected it for so long. You've, you've mm -hmm. stayed, and this is why I want to get into depression too, because depression makes you think you're alone. Depression yeah. makes you think it's just so dark. Nobody cares about you. It, it, I mean, your, your thoughts just go to different places. That's where I know I've been and, you know, asking for help, whether that's a counselor or seeking guidance and mm -hmm. telling people about how you feel, we get so ashamed about it because we feel so alone. And mm -hmm. then when you do it, you're just, it's so humbling and so almost shocking in a way because you, you're not expecting that and you're not mm -hmm. recognize your own limitations of not being open to receive it. It's almost like a culture shock. And the thing that I, it, it's, I have so many thoughts going on in my head right now because you said so many good things and I don't want to forget them. But like, I think the, the biggest thing, the two words that like just keep popping out in my mind right now are I deserve. Yeah. And I think that part of what, what would keep me in, in that depressed state before was I started thinking I was deserving of feeling that way you know, a feeling unhappy or a feeling unfulfilled or a feeling unsupported or whatever it was that I was feeling um, or a feeling alone. And meanwhile, what's been helping me lately <laughs> and has been kind of hard to come to terms with too was I deserve in the positive. So when we're talking about needing help and asking for help, saying, I deserve help. <laughs> I deserve help just because I'm here and I'm a person and we all need help in some way, shape, or form. So I deserve help, which means I also deserve to receive the help that I'm asking for, you know, which even just asking for help on its own is just like, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> because like I we were talking earlier, is it's it makes you sometimes feel like you're weak or incapable when you can't do things on your own. But then it's the same thing with, um, with receiving love and receiving the support, I deserve love. And literally, it's been some days when we're talking about journaling and writing where I've just had to write, even when I've been at work and <laughs> struggling through an eight hour shift and just having to keep writing down, I deserve more or I deserve love or I deserve mutually fulfilling relationships. 
you know, or I deserve to be supported and, and just rewriting. And then I think one thing, another thing I was thinking of when you were um, speaking earlier about the tools um, of, you know, journaling and writing, I think another very, very, very important one is then speaking them. And we touched on that earlier too, but like there is so much power in the tongue. Like, you know, where it says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Like literally it's one thing to write things down. It's yeah. another thing to think them repeatedly, but to speak them and to hear yourself using these words. And that's why, you know, I love my tea and, and um, you know, that says, I am powerful, my words matter, even when my voice trembles. And it's like having to, to say that. And that's why I love the t-shirt because, you know, sometimes we're not good at reminding ourselves what we need to hear. But looking at it in the mirror will be like, oh, or somebody else will remind me. Sometimes I even forget I'm wearing the shirt. But when, some, when I see somebody else see me wearing it and I see the light that comes into their eyes because it reminded them what they needed to hear, or think about themselves and so it's just being able to speak those things aloud man and um i don't remember if i had told you but before i moved here it's probably like a month and some change before i moved to north carolina i wrote myself these freedom vows right and um because i just felt like when i made this big life change i wanted to know who I was and who I was promising myself to be and what I was promising myself, you know, and I had this thought because, you know, I think that often we can get caught up in, you know, in the thought of marriage and, you know, in the thought of being a wife or being a husband or whatever it is. And I was just thinking, you know, when you get married, make these vows, you exchange these vows. And I, it just occurred to me, I'm like, how can I expect or, or be excited to make vows to another person one day when I haven't been intentional or excited about making vows to myself? And so I wrote these freedom vows and it's been really cool um, rereading them, but something would happen every single time I read them aloud. Like, every single time and, and it was it was it was great when i first moved here but then it started just being a struggle because it was so much newness all at once mm -hmm. and there would be days i was just crying just crying and praying and doubting and everything but when i would like force myself to read these things aloud like i couldn't i couldn't get through the whole thing without remembering who I was and remembering my power and and getting excited all over again you know and feeling that flame reignite in me so I think there is so much power in in our words you know and if you use affirmations you know even knowing where your affirmations are coming from a lot of my affirmations come from the bible too you know so it's 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 not only me thinking this about myself but knowing this is already what god thinks about me so who am i <laughs> to think anything less than that you know yeah and one of the things um so we're just going to circle back a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know that was a lot. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's amazing. Cause I like these, these conversations really. And for those who are listening, they're very intuitively guided. Um, mm -hmm. Over time, I really let go of really showing up with questions that were, you know, what do you, where do you see your life? And just, 
just just questions because I think great conversations just happen, right? And I yeah. want to understand that I'm just, I always love great conversations and I know that they just happen naturally. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it's, it's always been my dream to, to be an interviewer and to ask questions because I am, I love people and I love learning about people because the more we learn about others, we recognize we're not alone and mm -hmm. we recognize we're all the same and we learn something new. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be a five-year-old. We learn something new every time um, and just conversing. So um, I love everything you said, and I love those tools. Can you actually just, before I ask you this and circle back, what were one of the freedom, the freedom vows that you wrote? And I love that. I love that thought process behind that. <laughs> Can you share with us what was maybe just one freedom vow that you have? Okay, let me see. Um... Lord. Okay. I said, I vow to honor myself by releasing people, things, opportunities, habits, and beliefs that are unhealthy for me. I vow to release the toxicity that lingers in my life by making the choice to let them go daily. I vow to free myself from limiting beliefs when I believe in a limitless God. I vow to liberate myself from the need for control. I vow to surrender it all to God. Every fear, every single doubt, worry, question, answer, blessing, accomplishment, relationship, obstacle, dollar, idea, and dream, I vow to release it all. So that was a few of them. <laughs> um, and another one that I really love, um, I vow to freely share my testimony without being defined by it. I vow to create a new future by living anew and being renewed in the present. I vow to love myself through every phase, stage, and season. And I vow to never define my worth by my relationship status. I vow to always love this beautiful creation of God, even when I don't feel worthy of love. And I vow to love myself to and through healing. <laughs> I love those. That's very powerful. Thank you. That's very powerful. It's amazing. Um, just even listening to you read it, and it's funny because even when I do the meditations, and um, really just to me, meditations are the ability to speak life and to speak mm -hmm. to a certain, you know, uh, mind state. Uh, I love those because when you do them and you even hear them, it kind of just feels powerful. And I'm just, I'm mm. with you like, yes, you know, and that ability to, that's self-love, that's inner game, yeah. inner game and self-love. You know, you people listening, please just start there and take mm -hmm. the time and know that you deserve, I deserve, I'm, I think we're going to have to coin Nick, uh, Whitney with this. I deserve to take five minutes a day to uplift myself. I deserve, mm -hmm. we deserve that time, whether it's the meditation, yeah. whether it's prayer. Um, I'm not a, I don't not prayer. I love prayer too. I love gospel music. I love meditation music. I love trap music. I love Beyonce. <laughs> just, just really being able to do things that lift you up and to speak mm -hmm. life to yourself. And those just speak life on so many levels. And I want to tap onto two things. So I just want to circle back. And I always ask people who I've asked this before, what does, what did 
depression look or feel like for you? Because I think for most of us, um, and I've said before, I feel like it does look different for some people, but I Mm -hmm. almost feel like the overall feeling is like, uh, Mm -hmm. it's like a cloud that's just Mm -hmm. raining on you all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just a dark, it's a dark spot of, of, of being, but how did it feel like for you? Because you said something that was really powerful before we started recording, which was when you recognize you no longer, and I'll use the cloud, had the cloud hanging over you, you didn't, not verbatim, but you know, you didn't have that cloud there. There was this awareness that kind of kicked in like, wow, I don't feel that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that second step of you saying, um, just the shame and, and being honest and using those words. Cause like you said, there's so much life in our words and shame is such a heavy, deep, dense word. The mm-hmm. shame that comes with acknowledging we've been there. The shame that comes yeah. with acknowledging, you know, I am a coach. I do empower. I still have empowered. You were still doing the work. You were still coaching. Mm-hmm. You were still being powerful. You were still ministering. Yeah. But you still were suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important to talk about that because... Um, I just want for people to get a glimmer into the different facets of how depression shows up for all of us, even in the ones who seem the most empowered. Yeah. So what did it look like for you? Don't you about to get me with tears, although it's okay. (laughs) Um, That's such a heavy question because it had a a lot of different faces, which you were also talking about earlier. Um, But I think I wrote this in in my new book that needs to be released (laughs) soon. Um, But I wrote this one thing where it said, it felt like I was walking between life and death and nobody even noticed. Mm. And I think that's, how I felt a lot of the time and especially when we talk about functional or high functional high functioning depression where I think that's why it's harder for people to think that you're or or see or understand that you're depressed because I think people only have this idea of somebody just sitting down looking sad and never moving or doing anything Mm -hmm. when it's like no I was working a job I was serving in ministry I was a full-time grad student. I graduated with my bachelor's magna cum laude. Like, (laughs) these are, I guess, high-functioning things, you know. I was always encouraging somebody else. You know, I wasn't home all day, even though that's how I felt. But I think the what I felt when you talk about the cloud, it was just this heaviness. Like, it was just a constant weight, and I was just not okay and I felt guilty for not being okay so I guess the guilt is something that that came along with the the depression too because you know you start thinking oh but I have so much I should be grateful for and some of that it's it's because other people tell you like you should be happy (laughs) you know you have you have all these great things going on and I remember one um other defining moment which we were talking about earlier about labels and and being able to even 
label yourself as depressed. And I remember with my mom, and I love my mom. We're in a very, very good place now. But I remember when I finally got up the courage to tell her I was depressed. Well, no. Technically, I think the first time I ever told her I was depressed was when I was 13, but she like completely dismissed that. And that's a whole other story. But <laughs> this time it was probably, I think it was my senior year of college and, or, or no, it was my junior year of college. And um, I had went to counseling very short, for a very short period of time um, at my university. And they wanted me to continue outside of school because it's not like a very, it's not meant for um, like long term, you know. Um, So they wanted to find me a place to be referred to. And so I decided I would finally talk to my mom about it. And when I told her I was depressed, she was just like, no, you're not. (laughs) And um, my mom is a school psychologist. Again, I love her. (laughs) Um, But it's she, her first reaction to me saying I was depressed, she said I was not. And she said she did everything right and that she was a good mom and she was. Um, I mean, there's a lot <laughs> to work through on that. But, you know, I think part of the problem with that is it made her start thinking about her when it wasn't about her, it was about me. And depression isn't just about somebody did something wrong so they're to blame and this is why you feel this way you know (laughs) it's not that simple and it was very hurtful and difficult for me when she told me I wasn't because I had finally been able to give myself this label not in a way to bring myself down but as in a way of I need to own this so that now I can know how to get better you know, it's about the medical field, when we're finally able to say, you know, someone's got symptom A through Z and the doctor's finally able to say, okay, this is what you have. Now we mm-hmm. know how to treat it, right? Mm-hmm. To able to call something what it is. If you don't know, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you treat it? Yeah. You just, <laughs> you, can't, you can't heal something you don't yeah. accept is is happening yeah you know you can't you just can't you know you can't work through something you're not acknowledging is there or a problem or or something difficult so um yeah that was but um, and so then that made extra extra work for me because then I felt more guilty I felt more unsupported um and you know you're already feeling alone (laughs) you know dealing with depression and and then on top of that one of the things she had said to me um was do you know what depression is do you are you suicidal do you know what this and that and as we we mentioned before I have a master's in psychology (laughs) at that point I was still studying I was starting my grad work um in undergrad but it made me almost feel like okay if I (laughs) am a psychology student and I don't know what depression is and I don't know what these symptoms are then it's like come on what am I even doing so I felt even worse because it's like you know I know what I'm studying but I also know what I'm living through so it's it was just an interesting, I think I have a unique perspective on depression because I have like the, (laughs) the, the actual, um, I have the life experience of depression and then I have 
the education, I guess, on it and, and on mental health. So and it's... Then, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's interesting because I think sometimes um, there's just so much um, particular ideas about what it looks like and the only ways that it looks like and the only ways to work through it. And, and I, one thing I hate though, um, well, I won't say hate, I don't like using the word hate much, but one thing I strongly dislike is when people just say, I'll go get help and don't seem to take other factors in, in, you know, taking the other factors because you know, again, I was a psych student. I knew the benefits of therapy and all this and that and the third. But what I think people seem to forget is what about the people who did seek help and they got re-traumatized all over again yeah. because the, the mental health professional they encountered diminished their truth or diminished what they went through. And I had a terrible experience with the psychiatrist, like terrible. <laughs> this man was just trying to get me on meds right away. And I kept trying to explain to him, like, look, I would like to try other methods first. Mm -hmm. And he literally told me, well, since you're a young person and I know y'all are rebellious, I'm just going to say, yes, we'll try your talk therapy. He literally did those air quotes. He said, we'll try your talk therapy for a little bit because I know you're just going to rebel and, and just say no if I don't. And I was just like, what? Yeah. And so it really broke my heart because I'm just like, you know, I'm somebody who already knows the benefits of, of, of therapy and, and wants, like I'm here wanting to do the work. So what if, what if I wasn't though? What if I was somebody who finally like, worked up the courage to go see what this therapy is all about or try to find try to help myself and I'm just shut down right away you know and I'm just told that you know what I'm going through is just a phase because that's another one of one of the words that you would use quite often um and you know so it, it, I think even that is something that we need to take into consideration too that it's not just that people don't want to do the work or that they're not trying maybe they have and they've had negative experiences which you know I would still encourage people to keep trying you know and and going back to I deserve you deserve the help that you need yeah. and that you desire you yeah. deserve somebody who sees you and who hears you and who is not going to diminish your struggle or your truth yeah. you know you deserve a good therapist you deserve the kind of therapist that you need you know and so for that I would also say to not settle just like if we're not going to settle for for less in a relationship like that's the same thing we, yeah. we can't settle for less when it comes to our mental health as well Absolutely. And there's so much great things that are really being pinpointed in this discussion because um, it's kind of like, that's why it made me think just about the coaching field and the boom of it. And really mm -hmm. just not even, not even the six figures and 60 days coaching, but the um, <laughs> healing really and being, stepping in to be a facilitator of healing because you've healed, stepping into um recognize the need to heal and the ability to be able to get it without having to go behind closed doors and see a physician and when you were speaking I kind of was thinking to myself you know 
just the same way that you hear about, you know, antibiotics and how they have to keep changing the formulas of antibiotics because the diseases and the germs or whatever merge yeah. into something mm. new, right? Yeah. So if you think about this with depression, every generation has uh, a reason and a season for their depression, right? If you think mm -hmm. about the Great Depression and what that did for our grandparents and what depression was for them and what mm -hmm. it meant for them and what it looked like for them, you know, in 2019, it becomes this subtle thing that so many people are battling. Really, I think a huge pressure of it comes from social media. It comes from the perception of who we should be. It comes through these different things that have conditioned us to not have patience. Fast food restaurants, mm -hmm. going through school and not really being seen, but being more so like just shuffled through like cattle because we remember mm -hmm well and we weren't seen for our talents and we are not told as a five-year-old you know you can you can be a, a millionaire ballet dancer that sounds crazy right mm -hmm. that sounds like the two don't even go together um that you can be a ballet dancer and you can be a speaker and that you can do yes. this that yes. not this rubric of who you need to be you know so it's like it's so subtle and i feel like with our generation and just millennials um, I think that's why we are so rebellious. And I think that's why we are so, um, <laughs> we want to try new things. We want to try new methods. We love to go to church on Sundays, but we might want to meditate. We might want to check out energy healing and ancient arts and different things so that we can cope in a forever changing world. Our world is going to change whether we want to change or not you know so maybe to your mom and to different psychologists it means different things depression means mm -hmm. different things for them it looks a very different way and their typical depressed depressed patient had a certain look to them right and even as you're speaking as a healer and one of the things you always see a lot because I was this person similar to you high functioning depression you use work you use you almost mm -hmm. use your purpose as a coping mechanism yeah but the way that god works is eventually you get air because you're seeking light opposed mm -hmm. to drinking opposed to drug use opposed to sex opposed to toxic relationships you're taking your energy and you're investing it into light and not mm -hmm dark valleys so that yeah. eventually you do breathe and through healing other people you heal yourself mm -hmm. right and then you mm -hmm. finally have your breakthrough so just kind of like what you said where you said you know um i was depressed but i was still sh you were still showing up to serve yeah right we talked mm -hmm. about the uh pastor who committed suicide and you were talking about you know just in uh you know our church community how we believe that just because someone is empowered or just because someone is a servant and just because someone is a giver or whatever how it looks that that they can they there's no way that they can be depressed yeah we don't live in those times anymore and and we are able to show up and smile and we are able to move very differently where we're combating the antibiotics of mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're creating new ways to try to cope you know and it's just i'm happy that we're having this discussion and i'm happy that yeah. you two have been able to 
breathe again and been able mm-hmm. to feel free. That was the first thing you said, feel free again. And yeah. for those out there that follow me or have been following me for a long time, and there's so many people that, you know, I know look up to you as well and feel so inspired. I just want to remind people that getting to a level that you want to get to is a persistent act of showing up and you're gonna have to show up through that you're gonna have to show up through depression and you're gonna have to take those steps of like you said getting therapy resonating Mm -hmm. with a coach who speaks life to you because there's Mm -hmm. nothing like having the right people around you and I cried one time when someone just said I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. there's so much power in that. There's so much, um, there's just so much power in that. And having, and this is what, and I know we were talking about Victoria before, but um, that's my sister friend, um, that I call her my twin. But um <laughs> but like when we would be talking sometimes, you know, I would just tell her, like, I appreciate you so much because she would just so openly and and consistently always tell me how she believes in me and how proud of me she was for my growth. And like, I would have to tell her, I'm like, you know, this is still new to me sometimes. And it just doesn't, again, almost like that culture shock we were talking about before. It's like, you're just not, when you're not used to it, it almost feels overwhelming and then you almost start doubting like wait this can't be real because this feels good you know and you start thinking that the good thing is going to leave because you're used to the good things leaving but just like we were talking about earlier you know releasing that because we're not that's not our reality anymore you know right now my reality is not that I'm alone I'm not alone I am loved and I am supported and I deserve to be you know and and so it's it's just I'm in this very interesting place. And so it's it's even cool that when you ask me, who am I, that I can respond, I'm free. Mm-hmm. And I think that doesn't mean that there there's not anything else that I struggle with or you know that I that I struggle with or or where fear blocks me anymore, but to know that I am free. And the more I start saying it, like we were saying earlier, the more it becomes reality and understanding I'm already free you're already free. We're all already free, Absolutely. you know? And, and, and if we really believe that scripture of who the sun sets free is free indeed, like we already have that freedom, which is like the premise of my coaching. We already have access to that freedom, but it's being able to release and, and unleash all of those, those covers and all of the doubts and all of the reality that we've been so accustomed to yeah. and, and embrace that freedom. And then, utilize it and take action and like you said those consistent efforts and it's it's really a daily commitment like I think freedom is a daily commitment you know I think it's definitely a daily commitment and and even when we're talking about being free of depression even that it's a daily commitment to not go back you know to not get you know wrapped up in a cycle I was so used to and you know to pull myself out of bed and be like no I'm free and I'm happy and I have a lot that I've went through, but I am not, and, and, you know, I think that was the other thing because when we were talking about labels and how, you know, reclaiming that label of depression as something that was helpful to me so that I would know how to heal. But since I got so used to saying I am depressed, it became now work to start saying I am healed (laughs) because I'm no longer depressed. 
you know? And so I think even, even just being able to um, accept and adjust to the, the most latest versions of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And understanding, I seen a quote today on LinkedIn that said leaders accept that change is just, um, I'm going to get this quote so wrong. So it was short. (laughs) But basically leaders accept that change is just a part. That's a part of who you are. That's a constant. Yeah. It's a constant thing. Was it, uh, Quincy Jones, that documentary, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but one of the quotes he taught, he said towards the end of the film was, you know, the valleys and the hills that we have, and you cannot Mm. appreciate the valley. You can't appreciate the hills if you haven't experienced valleys, and valleys are Mm -hmm. parts of life. They're just parts of life. Um, I mean, this conversation I've been carrying on forever, even in my tribe group, one of the things yeah. that about was failure. And I think yeah. we're able to consistently make failure something that we look at in the light. Mm-hmm. Continue to look at it in the light, continue to look at the things we talked about earlier, crying, continue yeah. to look at our sadnesses, right? Because our sadnesses and our inability to heal moments moment mm-hmm. moment in our lives and experience to experience we 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 put them all in a bag like santa claus mm-hmm. and we become young adults or adults or full-grown adults with kids and we're carrying these bags of sadness of grief yeah. or rage of disappointment of whatever and then we just have this bag of stuff that we don't know what to do with we don't know how to process it we're afraid to yeah. It's a lot mm-hmm. to look at it. We, you know, it's kind of like someone passes away. This is just thought just came to my house because we used to do, we used to go into houses for one of my jobs and clean them out. And um, it's like going into a house of some, a deceased family member mm. close to you and going yeah. to their belongings, right? Mm-hmm. And how much pain that brings to us and sadness, you know, and we do, we have that experience where, you know, we're all kind of sifting through that. We're all sifting to rise and we're all sifting to um, experience joy. We're really here. Yeah. It. That's all God wants from us. God doesn't want anything else but for you to experience joy because once you do that, you give it. And once mm-hmm. you give it, you give it to someone else and then they give it to someone else, right? And now mm-hmm. we've created, if you will, the world. And it's just an amazing place to be and I love that you said because I have felt that way myself where you feel guilty to not to be in a space where you should be happy but you're Mm -hmm. yeah you know and to recognize okay and I always give you know life is like stop signs yield signs you know you name it merge (laughs) it's just a road of just different signs and I want people to be able to look at depression as a sign, mm-hmm. a sign of, okay, I need to heal. And I believe you did that. And I know I did that. Mm-hmm. And even though it wasn't um, an overnight process, nothing is. It wasn't something that. At all. And I think that's something too. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's so important to realize that it is not an overnight. First of all, I don't think anything is an overnight nothing. process. Yeah. Um, just but really just understanding that it takes time yeah and granted it might not not everybody's healing process is going to take the same amount of time not everybody's healing process is going to look the same um but giving yourself permission to heal 
-hmm. and to take the time to heal, to take the time to adjust to new things, giving yourself the grace to adjust and to heal and and to work through what you need to work through because this this time that it feels like oh it's taking too long in reality it's probably saving because (laughs) if, if the more we start like unpacking it and working through it now the less we'll have to go back and like reroute like you were talking about earlier, you know, when we're, when we're later on in life, you know, we won't have to go back and try to do the work because we'll already, you know, have been starting it and working through it, you know, and then it'll be a little less painful, you know, because just like you were saying, um, your analogy of going through a deceased um, person's house, like the funny thing about that is you find things that you didn't even know were there. or that you didn't even remember or realize we're still there when you're digging through it and it's like when when that's all there that's a lot to have to go through all at once as opposed to okay we've been going through this every day so maybe we'll find this and that and it'll be a little bit easier as opposed to we have this whole house to dig through we have all of these forgotten and 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 hurtful things to go through that we've been leaving that we've left on these shelves for months or for years and and never attempted to work through out of fear of how it might feel when I think when we make it our norm to do that then we won't fear feeling those feelings which again goes back to allowing ourselves to be emotional because when you're used to feeling these emotions they won't feel as scary that doesn't mean you'll feel them any less but they won't feel as scary for the most part because you know okay i'm not gonna die (laughs) if i feel this intense sadness today you're not judging yourself for it you're not judging yourself i mean yeah we could talk forever because we just (laughs) it's just amazing the way we work based off of our own beliefs based off Mm -hmm. that we've been sold based off of the beliefs of just everything around us really shapes how we think and um i kind of just wanted to address the older crowd that does listen to me like i told you most of my clients are older whether that's older in their 30s older than you for the record you guys (laughs) whitney's 26 (laughs) but um which i admire um but uh you know a lot of my clients are in their 40s even i've had a client who was 50 um and even older and i definitely have a great support of women who come to me who are older and um you know i just want people who are older to not feel so guilty or look back and you know sometimes you know i did have a client that was like you know i wish i would have discovered this earlier but she's also aware that she did ignore those feelings and that she did disregard those those emotions you know and Mm -hmm. It's all very generational. So we just have to really forgive ourselves, you know, for looking at things in a certain way and, um, you know, knowingly neglecting those emotions because generationally, Mm -hmm. just like generation to generation, there's different things happening. You know, in our generation, we just, we're open to healing. We're open to conversation. We're, you know, we, we are creating a new way of being and living, which is let's be authentic. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. things, let's be authentic, you know? And uh, what I wanted to say, just speaking about depression, which I suffered from depression as a teen. I was Mm -hmm. That. I did suffer mm-hmm. from depression as a teen. I remember sleeping a lot and just, I did try to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I also suffered a little bit from depression after I found out that my spouse was cheating on me. Mm. And, you know, really because I had been doing the work for so long, Mm -hmm. did I have thoughts that were self-defeating? Like, well, how can I be a coach and teach other people how to live their lives? How can I empower women? And I got this guy over here, Stephen with Becky, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) all these different things. What does that mean for me if I stay with him? And just crazy, just different things that I had to really step back and ground myself. But in the process, when we talk about emotions, especially there's some that we've never felt and there's Mm -hmm. some that become so much more intense because we try to avoid them. And this was the first time in my life that I felt rage, like red, Mm -hmm. red, (laughs) (laughs) car windows out. And I am not that kind of person. I'm just, I would rather walk away to me. That's like the ultimate satisfaction, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, just really being able to experience emotions from a perspective as this will not last, I have mm-hmm. control, and that this yeah. is normal to feel that immense sadness and that loss and that betrayal and that just all the millions of emotions that come with anything, right? Yeah. Or, or what it brings to the surface, like we talked about, you know, um, my daddy issues and my um, abandonment issues and my mm-hmm. um, just my issues of. of whatever I experienced as a child coming back to the forefront saying, okay, now you can heal these things because I'm bringing them to you in such a vicious way that you're going to have to address them. And either you mm-hmm. address them or just like you said, if, if, if I want to ignore them, like, no, you know, and just push it under the carpet and, you know, not be accountable in any way, you know, um, it continues the suffering. Mm-hmm. And, but, it, and it's going to reappear in some way, shape or form yeah. and probably with more fire on it. Yeah. Exactly. And then more burnt. Yeah, angry, that was bitter. all the fire I needed, though. I was like, no, <laughs> sir. I was like, God, I lift my hands. I surrender. Uh-huh. I, I am not gonna be that woman that has to learn hard. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be that person uh-huh. that has to continuously learn through tears, and and we do uh-huh. get used to that too, right? Yeah. So you know, I just think the wisdom is the ability to go through these valleys and even if that valley shows up as depression and Mm -hmm. understanding that it looks like Whitney that it looks like that it looks like you know uh Robin Williams and these different people that you don't expect it from Mm -hmm. and we're all we don't have to silently suffer and we're all in this journey together yeah we're all here together and the more that we seek light which I feel like I said to you you've done that I've done that Despite feeling the way you feel, despite feeling that depression, you know, so go create your business. Go, mm-hmm. you know, if church works for you, go to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Meditate. Maybe find a spiritual group that you resonate with. Um, you know, we talked about posting quotes and just being someone who's inspiring. We're kind of talking to ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a constant pursuit. It's a constant pursuit to say, I deserve joy. And I love that you said that. And I hope everyone just really inhales this podcast as a testimony and as a pillar for your year, for your next 10 years, just for life, just creating a a memory in your mind. And hopefully you've taken some notes too, um, that 
uh, it is okay to be depressed. It is okay to feel shame. It is okay to feel guilt. It is okay to feel bad about yourself, but it's just not a position that you're meant to stay. And it's mm-hmm. not a position um, that is forever and you can get through it. And there's hope. There's hope. Yeah. And there's bright, yeah. bright hope. And I just want to thank you again so much for joining me. Um, the community uh, loved you when we were on live together. It was, was so, so good. <laughs> And um, it's just been an honor to be in your presence. Definitely check out her book. If you guys want to follow her, she's going to let you know in just one second. But I just want to thank you so much for choosing to be a light, for really choosing to be a light, because I know just as much as you know how much of a choice that is, how much of a challenge it could be to fight through your own um, belief systems and to tear them down and to build new and to really start stepping into that light. And I feel like so many people are for 2019. I hope you Mm -hmm. listen to one of them too, really stepping into that light of what we deserve and understanding um, the workings, the inner workings of ourselves, as well as the world. And just knowing that we're fully supported, we're fully capable. And that, you know, if we wish to believe um, in great things that they will come. Yeah that they will come. So I'm just so honored to have you here and to share your testimony, to share your light. Um, please let us know what your website is. Your, uh, I know you're on Facebook, Instagram. Just let us know where to find you so that we can um, continue to be inspired by everything that you do. Okay, so my website is WhitneyMcNulty.com. And my Instagram handle is at WhitMcWrites. And if you wanted to shop any of my books or my hoodies or any, or any classes, since more dance classes will be coming back, make sure you stay tuned. I'm on my Instagram more. And again, my website, WhitneyMcNulty slash shop for shopping. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm very honored to be here. I'm glad we finally got to do this and, you know, I'm glad we didn't rush. And because I think today was the perfect day (laughs) to be able to just speak about what we want to speak about. But I just want to leave you guys remembering that you can choose light, just like she was, like I was saying, and just understanding that you are deserving of choosing that light. You know, and and knowing that when you choose to walk in your light, even when it's hard, because it's not always easy, you know, it's easier to do that in environments you're used to. But when you're in different environments, still choose that light, still choose to be that light and know that when you walk in that boldness to do so, you're inviting other people the freedom and the comfort and permission to do the same as well. And that's when we were able to collectively heal. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. which we desperately need to do and we are doing so don't be discouraged out there by what you see in the world there's so much more light than darkness Mm -hmm. i always say the darkness just has better marketing Um, (laughs) again thank you so much for being here i'm going to spell out her her instagram handle so it's whitney w-h-i-t-n-e-y mick like mcdonald's m-c and then writes w-r-i-t-e-s um, so definitely make sure you guys are following. Did I spell that right? No. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, she had to spell it for you. I wasn't sure if you were spelling my website or Monday. Oh so my it's gosh. It's not wit. It's wit. Wit to make right. So W H I T. Uh huh. 
M C right W R I T E S. Good enough. Good enough. So thank you so much for being here. You guys, thank you so much for listening. You know, I appreciate you with love and gratitude every single time you choose to tune into this podcast. It honestly warms my heart and means the world that you want to listen to what I have to say. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. And your payment for this podcast, because it is completely free and I show up to show up for you, um, is a review. And to rate this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter, share it everywhere you can share it. And just let you know about the soul chat that is happening over here at Queens, Recognize Queens. Thank you guys so much for showing up. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Whitney, for hanging out with me today. Yay. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Chat with your host, Ebony Tatora. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and if you love it, share it with your friends. And make sure you join us next week for another conversation with your soul, bringing you thought-provoking conversations that require you to look a little bit deeper than the surface.